You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Well, hi ho to our Facebook Live viewers. And of course, you, the listener, here for the Jeep Talk Show podcast. Now, I got some bad news for you. This is the last roundtable episode for November. Yep, our our next one is going to be on December 1st. So if you're joining us tonight uh, in our Zoom room, uh, you're a, a lucky person. Uh, you actually get to uh, <laughs> say, yeah, I was in the 2021 Jeep Talk Show roundtable, the last one for November, and I heard this. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, if you're a regular listener to the Jeep Talk Show, you already know about our campfire side chat segment we've done for several years on the regular episodes. We always enjoy interacting with our listeners, so we came up with a way to have you join in in a more aggressive, uh, <laughs> a more aggressive, longer-term way, and we call it the JTS Roundtable. Everyone is invited to our roundtable to join. Just connect to uh, using Zoom. You can get the link information each week by subscribing to our newsletter. You can uh, do that really easily just by going to jeeptalkshow.com/contact and uh, sign up using your email address. Uh, now <laughs> we join. Now this is always true. Now we join the Zoom meeting, which is already in progress. Please keep in mind that uh, what you're about to hear is completely unrehearsed. The opinions may be strong and may or may not reflect the opinion of the Jeep Talk Show. Uh, good evening, Zoom people. Uh, are you ready for Thanksgiving? Absolutely. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, for sure. This is not going to be a food for, episode, I promise. <laughs> I'm not, I wasn't ready for Chris's face there, right? Oh, I know. That caught me off guard, too. <laughs> that was, Sorry about little, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Chris uh, posted uh, earlier in the week that he had uh, decided to shave his face. I think it was you lost a bet or something, didn't you, Chris? No, I just, just decided <laughs> to change it up. <laughs> I sure, it was no I shave in November. You'll you'll be able to get more food in your mouth at Thanksgiving. Yeah, but like I won't a, be able to keep keep the remnants for later. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, snacks it's like Harrison <laughs> Ford and the Fugitive, right? Yeah. Something. <laughs> so let me you test drive a Bronco. So we got the man bun coming next, right, Chris? <laughs> yeah, it's a little too thin up there, but I'll try. <laughs> you do that. So uh, the, uh, I think we, I think a lot of the people here are uh, part of the uh, the Discord server that we have. Uh, I was just going to tell the uh, tell the listeners that uh, get a little, I guess, get some fresh meat in there so that you guys can uh, chew up on some new people. No, no, it's it's pretty friendly there. But if you don't know about our Discord channel, you can uh, go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and uh, see how to join our discord channel by uh, clicking that invite what do you guys think about the discord channel is it is it uh, uh causing has it caused anybody to lose their job yet not yet <laughs> oh android lets me mute it for, for like an hour at a time here so if i'm busy i'll just hit the mute well that's yeah nice. it's usually pretty busy it is it's very busy yeah. it's, it's fun to uh to see what's going on i just you really sure gotta- that the tone from discord is the same as the tone from teams so people just think there's a Teams conversation oh, going on. 
Nice. I'm just going to watch jumping in because if you jump in a conversation, like part of the way through, it totally changes what you're thinking or ta- everybody's talking about. Mm-hmm. You kind of got to scroll back about four pages. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good, good place for somebody asking about gearing today and got some answers they was looking for. Yeah, I think I, I think uh, what happened the other day, somebody was, uh, oh, I gave you guys a warning that Tammy may be joining, uh, a.k.a. Jeep Mama, may be joining in the Discord, and uh, you guys might want to, you know, uh, be aware uh, in case she showed up. And then, I think, it, Larry, I think it was you, you said, scroll back. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> she had already joined. <laughs> What's yeah, the Discord? Well, she was there the one day. I don't think I've seen her post anything since. Oh God! Yeah, you guys personal me. challenge get issued to Tammy yet again by the guy she doesn't know or like. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I reached out on Facebook today and asked uh, our uh, the, the the people that follow the Jeep Talk Show on Facebook for uh, questions. Actually, I did on Twitter as well uh, for questions like we did last week. And uh, if you guys are ready, I got the first question for you. Shoot. So, Ashley L., she sent us, do you prefer to camp <laughs> or hotel on wheeling trips? Camp. Yeah, Ashley, Ashley really want to know the answer to that. That's my wife's Facebook page, oh. by the way. <laughs> so. It really depends on the weather. John, but, are yeah. you banned on Facebook as well, and you're using your wife's page there? Oh, I've always been a Facebook ninja. You won't see my page on there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just realized I, I banned you last week, and you're back, John. Are, are you back under you or Ashley? I'm back under me. If okay, good. It worked. <laughs> Hopefully. By the way, did you, uh, well, I guess you're not going to be checking out like you do on Thursdays, so you'll be here to get rid of the Zoom bomb if it comes in. I have uh, three Zoom co-hosts right now. Um, there Perfect. was a, there was somebody that was uh, in early, and they had a uh, like a meme up or something, or a little saying, and I figured we were already getting spammed, and it turned out it was Luton Lenny, and he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, so, so the question that I put up there, the reason why I put that is because you know, I got my uh, my youngest. She's down to camp whenever, right? She's like, let's get it. You know, let's get out there and camp and, and kind of hit the trails. And obviously, if you go on trails like Rubicon, where it's extended, it takes you three days to get through it, you're obviously camping. But then I've got folks like, you know, the wife and the oldest, and they they don't mind going wheeling as long as there's a, a nice hot bed and a shower waiting back on the right. They're not campers. They want they want to do the the hotels and and stuff like that. Well, so. to, to me, part of it's the experience, right? Someone's got to have that campsite with the campfire going. And the, now, obviously, this is going to work for your the younger one. But to me, there's nothing more at the end of the day than sitting around that campfire, shoot, having some beers, making fun of the guy who got stuck and had to get winched. And right, it's it's. Yeah, it's I, we've uh, <laughs> you could also do that around a nice bar and tavern in town, right? So I mean, and, and we're in Colorado. Just to give you an example. Um, when we were up around Taylor Park Reservoir, we camped. But when we got to Ure, we stayed in a hotel right there on the strip in downtown Ure because we yeah. could walk. We could go down to the Iron Eagle or whatever it is saloon. That's the only one that's really open late at night, um, and have a great time hanging out with all the other people that were in all the other hotel rooms that all congregated. So I get the fireside piece of it, but you know, there's also that. Well, you know, local tavern type thing is not, not yeah, well, what if they what if they don't allow cigars? Then what's your answer, John? They <laughs> <laughs> in America. Was, then. Yeah, <laughs> that's just crazy it's talk. Like when I when I came down to Texas, there I wasn't about to camp in a tent in ninety degree weather. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. This so, is what I think. Know, whenever and, brain, I, and I'm surprised. Kind of dictates. And I'm surprised John asked that because 
<laughs> it's really warm. I mean, we have two non-consecutive winter days here a year. So, and they're uh, and they're different years. Like we'll have one in probably January and one in February. So, camping would be uh, you would just get lucky if you actually were able to camp in forty degree weather out here. Right, but if you're planning a trip, like I want to plan back to go to Colorado and go run several of the trails that I missed last time, right? Then when I plan it, am I am I going ahead and making my hotel reservations like Larry did? When he came down here, even though the weather was right, or are you like, you know what, I'll just bring a tent and camp, right? I don't know. Colorado would be tough. I mean, what do you, depending what do you mean on when the weather was right. <laughs> well, that weather wasn't right. September. Well, I mean, but if it is, if you're, if you're saying you're going to Colorado or, or anywhere where it's mild in the summer, right, in July, and right. it's like, you know, your mid. I mean, I, I like camping in some places, but I also, I'm a, I'm one of those that now when I go to bed. I gotta have a TV on, right? I can't have it dead silent. Otherwise, if it is, I can't sleep. So, you know, I'd have a tough time with that. So even if I'm camping, I got my phone up, you know, with playing videos or something like that. So, um, you know, there's, if I'm going somewhere like Ure for a week or whatever, I'm probably looking at a hotel myself, right? Unless I'm required to camp, like something on the Rubicon where you're going out and doing three days at a time and that's your only option i think it really depends not only on the the weather but i think it really depends on the scenery because in my mind colorado i've seen so many beautiful pictures never been there i'd I'd love the idea of camping out where you open up the tent and you look onto this beautiful vista of uh, trees and uh, wild bears so (laughs) (laughs) i've gotten to a point where when i go to a location i really don't want to camp now like if i'm going to hot springs or even k2 whatever it's nice to be around everyone else, but I'd rather have a hotel room or even just a, like a basic cabin because like you're not camping to see anything nice. And then, you know, when you're in those campgrounds that are big campgrounds, you know, I'm usually out there with my wife and son and we're not up partying all night. And there's always some group that's partying out there all night. So you're oh, just yeah. like, okay, I got to sit up and listen to these guys. You know, when I've had one or two drinks, like 10 deep. If it's at too two loud. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. definitely too old, man. I always yeah. was too old for that crap. <laughs> and that's a 100% you got to do dispersed camping. Dispersed right. camping. Campgrounds are the devil. But, but I mean, right. you know, like if it was dispersed camping, I'm for it. Yeah. But like you just did, Josh, with that Ozark and all the pictures, which were awesome, by the way, that you were posting up there. Oh, that, like, I guess, that was. I guess that's that was another a, thing that makes me think about camping was those beautiful pictures he had. Right. But I think that's what Josh went to do, right? I mean, he was going for the kind of. The, the getaway, the camping, the getting out to nature and everything else. So if your target the event only reason was, I go out. If your target event was the wheeling, like to accomplish the trails and stuff like that, that's a different kind of goal, right? So I don't know. I, I just thought it was an interesting topic because the wife and I go back and forth on it all the time. Well I'm well, not gonna depend on, on I'm, I'm not gonna depend on the you know the, the goal of the trip, right? Like I've done trips where I go place to place to place, right? And and then there's some places where it's like a destination where maybe I'm going to go spend a week in Uray, but I also think it depends on the company, right? So if it's just me and my buddies or whatever, then we're probably going to camp and do the, the campfire thing, but we're bringing our spouses, you know, then, you know, they're not necessarily down for that. Then we're talking a, a hotel or something like that. So I've done both. Well, I, I can only speak for my wife, but under two fifty a night is camping, so it, that's how it's defined. Just, that was going to be my next question: Is what are you guys used to spending? I mean, uh, some of you folks go out a lot, and you're doing this staying in hotels. I mean, in, in a hotel, about two hundred dollars a night. No, 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 no. You can pick out some no. good hundred, 
$100 hotels, $89 hotels, $129. Plus, if you travel a lot with your job, you may have some points like I do. But, but we'll, to me, I'm, I, I think you brought up a good point about whether you're going for the outdoor experience and camping as part of that or whether you're going for the wheeling. And at this point, I'm going for the wheeling. Plus, I've got a two-door with limited space. Although I am in the market for a, like a 1,000-pound or 1,200-pound little camper trailer that would allow us to go out in some of those rural remote areas. But I don't have a tow vehicle, so I'm driving the Jeep wherever, and we've already got it loaded down with recovery gear and, and basic needs for, for staying. But pretty much I've done hotels or condos or whatever. And the, the other balance is some of the guys that go in campgrounds We'll do the bonfire and we'll go hang out at the campground with them and then go back to the hotel. And if it's raining, then we go out and hang out in the lobby of the hotel or a bar. Right. And that's, that, it's funny you said, uh, I think someone said, if you're going out with your buddy, like Bill, you were saying, right? So when I went out to Colorado, my old high school buddy, that was our intention, right? We're just going to camp. We're not going to worry about hotel. We didn't have a hotel room booked at all. And by about the second or third night, we were like, where's the hotel? <laughs> right, <laughs> we quickly just kind of pulled in and walked in, and we because there were two of us, we were able to get a two bedroom suite right there and um, right beside the UAM. There's a hotel just on the side of it, and it worked out to per person about seventy five bucks a night, and it was a really nice you know hotel room, and it's right there in the middle of URA for staging, so it worked out great. So we started out, oh yeah, we're just you know two buddies, we're gonna go out, you know, we'll do the camping and stuff like that. We it didn't last long, so. <laughs> We quickly ended up moving to the hotel. So let me ask you this, Chris, uh, you came out and joined us. You flew down for the uh, Jeep Talk Show uh, event at Hidden Falls on September 18th, and, uh, and uh, we had rented an uh, eight-person cabin, or at least it had eight beds in it. Uh, was that camping, or was that uh, uh, half, halfway a hotel room for you? Uh, maybe halfway. That was a very nice cabin, by the way. Air conditioning. I mean, certainly the nicest camping cabin I've stayed in um, because of the air conditioning and the power. Anything I've stayed in before has just been uh, four walls and a roof, and that was it, and a window and an event. Were so you, that was, uh, and those, that was were half, you, halfway. And those, were you able to lay down, or did you have to sit? No, you could lay down. Okay, so it wasn't blue and have a, a door that you could lock. Gotcha. <laughs> no. So. <laughs> he didn't get it i had to explain it <laughs> yeah, it took me a second <laughs> i don't think you were the only one so uh yeah i thought it was pretty pretty nice i uh, uh i felt a little bad about dropping my phone in the at 3 a.m and waking everybody up but uh it, I, I think it was okay for me with the exception of the the pad that i had was very thin so that's another thing that if you're actually trying to enjoy the day you, after you wake up if you have a problem, uh, if you're not able to sleep very well, it's kind of going to ruin your day the next day. So I'm kind of in line with uh, Johnny the, on the or John on the uh, uh, the any place that I can sleep where it's more comfortable, something I'm more accustomed to that I can actually get restful sleep. That's the that's the deal is you're accustomed to sleeping in nice comfy beds and stuff. It's it's kind of like like long distance bike riding, motorcycle riding, whatever. You can't just jump into extended outdoor camping sleeping in a tent sleeping on a cot whatever and expect to be comfortable that's something that you have to work into and develop uh tolerance to it i guess you could say over time that's if you're if all you've ever done for the past 20 years is sleep in a bed going out and sleeping on a hard cabin 
you know, plywood bed with a thin sleeping pad is not, you're not going to sleep very good. Uh, you have a few drinks right now, pal. <laughs> it's part of what I love. That's problematic in itself. I love cooking when I'm, a camp, when I'm camping, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dutch oven cooking. Um, some really good <laughs> meals that way. Yeah. Dutch th- oven, you got to be cooking Dutch oven. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> It, Steve's with the Boy Scouts, so he loves the Dutch oven. They're completely obsessed with him at this point, the whole I like, organization. I like the Dutch ovens, too, but we use them here inside the, the house on the stove to cook uh, big uh, big stuff. Like, I'm sure my wife's going to use one for Thanksgiving coming up. So, uh, let's jump over to a question that Larry had uh, last week, uh, Jeeping Mo, and uh, check out uh, Larry's uh, YouTube channel. Larry, what else can they check out? Is it just the YouTube channel? you got other stuff that people can check out. Yeah, we have actually have two YouTube channels. We have the we have a Jeeping Mo, and we have the four x four Fab Shop, where we do a lot of uh, just builds and stuff like that on there. Yep, that's right. I remember that from last time. And you're you're currently working on the rear Dana forty four for your JL. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. We just got the uh, all the uh, new new joints in from uh, Metal Cloak, so we can start getting the uh, the rear end in now. So uh, once you get that on the uh, the JL, the, the gear ratio is going to uh, mesh up on both the front and rear. You've got uh, Rubicon JL axles that you're putting on there, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. I had a question about that, Larry. So I'm getting ready to change my front ball joints. And a buddy of mine was suggesting that I change out the little axle, you know, U-joints there or whatever little joints while I was at it. Did you do that or? I- no, I'm just, I left the stock ones in. Yeah, I was just kind of like, well, I mean, they're not bad, but he's like, well, you got everything pulled out. You might as well replace them. But I don't know, I was having problems looking on, you know, Northridge and kind of see what options there were, but it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of options there. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I have, I carry stock, you know, stock replacements with me because, you know, that's kind of the fuse. Right. Unfortunately, when those go, it usually takes out the, uh, the the shaft right there either the outer or the inner you know okay but no i just got i got i I left them as is might as well use them until i mean they're they're good enough for you know the being on the rubicon they should be good for a while um i guess you don't you don't know how much strain was put on them prior but well I'll say the back shaft was twisted a little bit, so there was a little bit of stress on them. Oh, is that what that shaft was? The one that I accused you of clickbaiting your YouTube with? Yeah. So <laughs> it was it was it was a teardown for that rear end that I found that uh, they had twisted the splines on it. Wow, that's doing and something. I hadn't I hadn't planned on putting new shafts in it. So the gentleman I bought them off of, he eventually went to four, you know to forties. From thirty-seven. That's why he 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 put the uh, Dynatrax in, and uh, I I uh, texted him a picture of that, and he's like, "Well, I guess I was closer than I thought to blowing that thing up." But like, yeah, <laughs> but no, we and and when I bought those, the only place I could find new axles was at Nitro. Nitro had two axles, and those are the, the Coromali shafts. I could I found a couple just stock. You know, just regular stock axles, but um, no, they're not very plentiful out there right now. 
I don't know. I think the Chrome Molly was a good uh, a good decision to go that direction instead. So getting back to uh, Jeep and Moe's question last week, he's uh, Larry said, working on your rig, what mods are you willing to tackle and what do you send out? Hmm. That requires a, an actual machine shop. Uh, anything short of that, I can pretty much do at home. So would be pressing bearings on and off, would that require a machine shop? I've got a I've got a twelve ton press here. I can pretty much do all those things. Uh, anything that would require like boring an engine, redecking a block, uh, you know, overhauling the cylinder head, something like that. That's I don't have the equipment here to do that, but uh, I can reset gears. I can rebuild transfer cases and transmissions. Wow, uh, that's not that's not a giant issue. I think that you just hit the nail on the head, right? It's I send out what I don't have the equipment or tools to do myself. And, right. um, and it, that tool is not too expensive, right? So I'm, I'm willing to go buy that little special three-pronged plier to get the exhaust hangers off easy, but I'm not, I'm not going to go spend $2,500 to buy a specialized tool set to install a bumper that was 500 bucks, right? Oh, and those that's those things, I think, that require a skill set like welding or painting or things that just, you know, takes, a, you know, somebody that, that does that, right, that you're going to... Yeah. You know, you're you're doing it to your vehicle. Do you trust yourself to start welding on your your vehicle? Right? I mean, if you you don't, uh, I'll do that. Probably not a big deal. But if you're you know new at it, right? Then you know you might be hesitant. To- and it really depends on if it's a daily driver or just something that you take off road every uh, weekend or so. And uh, that, that I mean, you you could probably trust yourself a little more on those items. But I, I like the having- other big thing. The other big thing I, I feel is like when I when I had Hope built, like it, is I hadn't welded in twenty years, I could have gone and bought a cheap cheap welder and, and tried doing it myself. But one, I couldn't move the axles because um, I was just in a standard two and a half car garage, and I just didn't. I don't have the buddies around to give help me move those heavy axles. And two, I don't want to trust my life to welds that I haven't worked my way up to because I haven't welded in decades. Right. So I, I have a welder now. I actually have a MIG and a TIG, and I plan to learn. Um, but I'm going to start with stuff that's not mission critical. You know, I'm going to start with little things, little projects, whatever, make sure the welds penetrate, make sure they're, they're good and tight, and then I'll, I'll work my way up from there. It's the same thing with, like, it, the daily driver part. Like, I want, I'm, eventually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do uh, gear sets, you know, but I want to start on a rig that's not my daily driver. Yep, yep. Well, we know what Larry's working on with the uh, with the, the Dana forty fours from the Rubicon. Uh, I'm sorry, I jumped on somebody. Uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say. I guess it also depends on if it's if it's a one time thing for you, if it's something you plan on doing a lot more of. You know that that plays into it to me a, a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree with that, Larry. I've I've got my uh, got a hundred. 30 130 plus thousand on my jk right now it's a six speed it will need a clutch eventually um i plan on teaching my son uh the drive on it soon and if the clutch burns up that's fine and and i'm just debating i know i want to put the center force in and is it something i could do it but it'll take me the better part of the weekend and to jimmy's point i I don't have the, the buddies around that know unfortunately which which rent to use and it's just is it maybe worth a couple hundred dollars and just get it done because how often you could do in the clutch well especially if you've got to buy specialty tools is it a 
you know, is this specialty tool going to get used enough to warrant its cost for me versus somebody else having bought it at a shop where they're going to be using it, you know, maybe once a month or whatever. But if I'm doing, you know, a specialty job and I'm only going to do that once, is it cost beneficial for me to go buy the tool to do it myself to save the money than have a tool that I'm never going to use again? Whereas if it's something that, yeah, I'm going to end up doing every couple of years and it requires a specialty tool, well, then it's cost effective because I'm going to save that money in the long run buying that tool. But, and it's, I think that there's a, there's a breaking point in that though, right? Like I got that, um, that exhaust hanger tool, removal tool, whatever it is. I think that there's a, a price on the experience of doing it yourself, right? And that kind of, that feeling of accomplishment or whatever you get for you to do it. So if purchasing that tool, even if you may only use it, you know, that one time yourself that you think you're going to use it, but you're not really jumping into the upper atmosphere. Say it's like 20 bucks to go buy a special wrench or something like that. That, that I kind of feel like even if it becomes non cost effective, it becomes skill I've learned. Right. Mm -hmm. I think the other advantage to that is like Bill talked about last week on the, um, he's got that toolkit he carries with him on the trail and he uses that to do his installs. So he knows he has the right tool to fix whatever breaks in the trail. Right. I think that it's that knowledge of your, of your rig to be able to fix it when it eventually breaks, maybe the word is inevitably breaks on the trail at some point. And you, you've kind of got that, that knowledge. So, you know, the more I've had, like I've got a shop that's about to do a ton of work to mine. A lot of it I could probably do myself, but it's one of those, the labor is cheaper because I'm having them do so much at one time. They're already in there doing stuff. It's kind of like, we'll just, just go ahead and do it. But I always worry that, you know, do I do I know enough to fix it when it goes wrong if I didn't do all the install work and everything else when I'm out on the trail? Well, that's one of the reasons I got into Jeeping originally was I've not been much of a gearhead. I love cars. I've always loved cars. and But I've never really, I mean, changing my oil, minor things, but never really worked on cars. When I got into my CJs, they're pretty easy to work on. Um, yeah, there's things I still won't tackle, but it was a way for me to kind of learn as a hobby too. But I think a lot of newbies get scared though. And especially as we get into the newer dudes with all the electronics, they may not have the equipment to, to deal with all that. And again, is it a daily driver or a wheeler? But for me, I, I feel more embarrassed if I break down on the trail. I, I want, I want my Jeep that's built the wheel, maybe even built better than the one that I'm driving daily. All I can tell you yeah. is, Oh, your doctor, but they're not in the doctor condition. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, think, I think somebody's getting a doctor's appointment made or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> On Facebook Live. So For me uh, up here in Canada. You know, I got my first on. Jeep in I got my first Jeep in April of seventeen. It was a two thousand one <laughs> um XJ. And um I didn't know anything at all about turning wrenches and uh, a buddy of mine turned me on to getting a Jeep. And so I was just searching the internet one time just to try to find out a little bit about Jeeps because I was interested in it. And I'd never turned wrenches at all. And lo and behold, I come across the Jeep talk show and I started listening to some episodes. And what really inspired me to start turning wrenches was Tammy more so than anything because uh, she had just started doing that herself and really getting into it. And I thought, you know, if she can do it, I can do it. And I ended up uh, becoming a passion of mine now. I take care of all, all five of our vehicles that we've gotten. And nice. uh, I just really enjoy it. It just 
I, I like really like doing the maintenance myself and knowing that it's uh, uh, done right or done or at least knowing that I'm the one who did it. Right. And right. either is right or wrong. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, after the but third I'm, time, it'll probably be right. So that's that's what I've experienced. Absolutely, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I've screwed up on a lot of things, but I've learned a lot, too. And, that's right. Uh, oh, absolutely. You already do it as learning, yeah. The only way to really learn about it is to get in there and do it. And, and, and I, I think that's And I attribute a lot of that to the to the Jeep talk show. Well, thank quite you. Frankly, because... I mean, if it wasn't for me finding that forum, I'd never probably would have started turning wrenches. I, th I think that's a good point that uh, we don't want to pass over. And I think Larry even just, you know, jumped in and said, that's right. You guys don't think uh, that you can uh, work on things. We didn't either. Uh, I was like 16 when I had to start working on my vehicle because uh, I didn't have the money to, to pay anybody to fix it. So... I had to learn if I wanted to drive. I mean, there was always the school bus, but screw that. <laughs> I'll figure out how to make the, the car go. So uh, you, if, if a kid at 16 can learn how to do it, or uh, Tammy can do it uh, at l later in life, whenever she gets interested in Jeeps, anybody can do it. All you have to do is take the time and have the, uh, the desire to do so. Well, I think the other part of that recipe, Tony, is, is kind of what you're getting at is, is like a 16-year-old has lots of time and no money. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, you get in yeah. the point where you've got kids and you still might not have any money, but now you don't have any time. <laughs> <laughs> like, right? Like, I, I, I just had Amen. to take my, my, my daily driver in because I thought it, I thought it was going to be a timing belt. And I'm like, I, I'm, it's going to take me months to have enough free time and full days to do a timing belt. I could do it, but I'm going to have to pull the thing apart. And, you know, I'm going to have to get a half day here, a half day that weekend. It's going to take uh, two months to do it. Well, I don't have the free time. You know, I got lucky and it was the coil I did when I tuned it up last year because I can do a tune-up in one day and I didn't think it was the coil. And apparently the coil went out so they could pinpoint it when I drove up to the, because it was just a random misfire code and it ended up being just a coil completely going kaput, which is great because it's a one-year-old coil. So, so but, one of the, all the coil pack, one of the coils was going bad? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, cylinder three and six weren't firing because, but, but when it started, it was just throwing out three hundred code, which is a random, random missile, uh, random uh, misfire. Right. And so I didn't know it was individual cylinder. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I've got you know a sloppy timing chain. And I tested the. There's no fuel pro shortage, and there's you know you do go around and you, you diagnose it. I spent some time doing that. And I'm like, okay, I don't have time. It took me a week to to do the testing I've done. I don't want to keep driving my wheeling rig constantly um, back and forth to work an 80 round, round, round trip. So I'm just going to take it to a shop because I don't have time. It's going to take me months. Well, that's the other thing that comes in is like if you if you don't have those the commitments to the kid or the wife or, the, or, or a heavy work schedule, things like that, it's easier to have that time to do the work. And then you don't have the, have the money to buy the parts. So it's always that that. that tug and pull you know sure push yeah. and pull. well you got to do what what's what you think is best so certainly and that's kind of yeah. kind of what we're what we talked about earlier about as far as um do, do you uh do you feel comfortable uh, working on uh, your daily rig or your uh, off-road rig uh, as far as driving your off-road rig um do you get any looks have you got any have you popped up on social media anywhere or people you know freaking out because they're seeing the uh, uh heavily modified jeep driving back and forth or maybe parked in the no. uh, the parking lot. There's a couple people in my work that were like, "Hey, that's that's your rig, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah," but they already knew I had it. They just were surprised to see me driving to work, and then I just tell them that my daily was down. Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been I, surprised. I have to drive. 
have to i can only park because i park in a parking garage is the other reason i don't like doing it because it's super inconvenient to park on the top of this garage that i'm on because it's the only place i can get in there because it's too tall to go in a garage right it's super convenient to park the top of this garage. i think that the other the other key thing there for me would be when you start off i just put it in the in the chat there as well somebody said just doing simple oil changes but that's where you start right and being able to that's a gateway it's a a a confidence builder it is doing simple things oil changes the differential service that is so easy right you you get scary because you're like oh i'm taking off the cover but look there's my gears i'm I'm really scared but but just diving in i kind of did both of my div service the transmission and transfer case service oil change once i got into that i'm like man there's i don't understand why you would take this to dealership to get this work done it's it's pretty simple to knock out my driveway in you know an hour or so even the the tire rotation although i will tell you my back wishes i wasn't lifting that big heavy tire up on that spare tire carrier when doing the tire rotations but other than that you know and i think i think mechanic work has changed drastically you know for for me because i've got i've bought some equipment the fab work is easier because it's more straightforward but the mechanic work has changed drastically over the years because the old days of uh pulling out the points of condenser and throwing those in are, are gone so you know e- even that kind of stuff the diagnostic work to jim's point the mm-hmm. diagnostic work on the newer rigs are, are, are a lot more complicated so even, even with my stuff if mm-hmm. uh if it's throwing a lot of codes and it's not easy i'll take it up and i'll have them diagnose it for me and i'll, I'll turn the wrenches because i don't have all the all the diagnostic equipment and analysis stuff to, to work on some of the newer stuff. Well, you, to, to counterpoint that, like, sometimes the newer stuff makes it easier because it tells you exactly what's wrong. No, it yeah, doesn't. but it doesn't really, though. It only get, it sometimes only it does. It's kind of like points. You get, if you have like that general knowledge, if I hadn't replaced the coil tack and you know you're going driven ten thousand plus miles on it and and bought the well, okay, it's good. Sure. I would have. That was one of the things I kept thinking about: is the coil pack? And I go, no, I just replaced it. You know, it's that sort of thing. Like I knew it was likely that was an option, but I kept discounting it because I had just worked on it. So we took it to the shop because I gave up on it. But that, I mean, sometimes it'll point right to it. Like if it said, "Oh, misfire on cylinder one," I'm like, okay, well, do I have you know a you know a, a stuck injector? Or, you know, there'd be a whole different list of things. So it kind of points at exactly what do it sometimes the older vehicles like when they go bad you're, you're just kind of like well it makes this noise so let's check out that area and they're simpler too so you're not you know when you get an electronic stuff absolutely sometimes you can take it to a shop and have them test all the voltages and whatever and all the different pieces and that can get absolutely crazy but well, it's, it's easier, uh, you know it's, it's easier to google a code and see what other people went through and what it ended up being than it is to google a noise Right. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. So there's there's an elusive advantage if you get that random code that you can put in there. You can say, you know, here's I put that into Google real quick, and here's ten other people that got that same code, and here's the story they went through when they were diagnosing, and then here's what they ended up coming out to. So it, it gives you a good place to at least look and start. Well, just the sanity check too, right? Like you go pull the codes, and you know, like my wife's vehicle under warranty, taking it in. I, you know, I'm not telling them that I pulled the codes. I want to see if what they come back jives with what, you know, the code is kind of pointing you towards, right? And, you know, we've had good success with, you know, hey, got a, a throttle position sensor code or whatever. And they come back and like, yeah, the throttle position sense, you know, sensor was, was bad or whatever. But, 
you know, it was kind of a good sanity check to, you know, kind of check on the, you know, that, that mechanic to make sure that, you know, they weren't coming back with some, some crazy, you know, unrelated type fix or whatever. Not that that couldn't be the case, but, you know, it's least, you know, it's nice to kind of have that, that as kind of a, a sanity check. So I know, um, I know Allie up in Canada, uh, did a, a full off, uh, off frame, uh, rebuild of the, of his TJ. Uh, what was it, uh, Ali, which, which were the things that you were willing to do and which the things you weren't willing to do? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I tore it down and, uh, and stripped it out and, and placed and cut out rust and all that good stuff. And then I, I have a welder, but I just, I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't teach myself or trust myself to weld well enough that I wanted to drive my family in this vehicle down the, <laughs> down the road. So I did take it to a professional to help me put it back together, but I mean, I, I got started because I started listening to the Jeep talk show and, and listening to you guys and talking about, well, you know, it's not that hard. Just try it. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I do brakes and oil changes and stuff like that. But the big thing for me is, is my outdoor temperature. I mean, right now it's like freezing outside, uh, below freezing in the evening. So, and my shop's not heated. So honestly, I'm not going out to freeze my fingers for a couple hours to, to do something. I can pay a shop a few bucks to do. Yeah. So over the winter, I really don't do too much. Um, I try and get it all done before it gets cold as hell. Yeah, I think the hard part in the north, especially, is like when I when I lived up there, you know, when it's zero degrees out, I can get the temperature of the shop or the garage up to reasonable. I can, you know, I could have like a propane heater right next to me and keep it reasonably warm. But all your tools are zero degrees, so you grab yeah. them and your hands go numb in ten seconds. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you get your I, hand on something. And if it's Nicky G, he's going to be licking all the tools and they're going to stick to his tongue. Um, Ali, that was just blossoms. <laughs> well, there's the, the picture of uh, Bigfoot that he's uh, licking. So anyway, uh, but I, digre- I digress. Ali, did we lie to you? Did you find that it was easy to do all those things? I mean, I'm sure it took a little, uh, uh, there was a little hesitancy at first, but uh, did, uh, did it turn out that it was like, oh, yeah, this is easy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've got a TJ, so it's, it's not overly complicated. Um, to work on by any means so that helped a lot but uh yeah i mean there's certain things i'm willing to do and then there's certain things that i'm not willing to do you know i own my own business i have a young family i don't have a lot of time uh free time um i do a lot of volunteer work and stuff too so i mean i don't have a lot of evenings that i can jump in the shop and and i'd love to be in there wrenching but it comes down to a dollar cents and time and sometimes it just sucks not to have the time to to do it because i prefer to do it like everybody said you know, if, if you break on the trail, I'd rather know how it goes together and how to fix it or at least patch it up and get it off the trail. That's great. Well, you know, if it was me, I would uh, stop that uh, community service stuff that you're doing. If nothing else, just so you could be here on the Zoom meetings more often. <laughs> how, how much longer are you obligated by law enforcement to do that, Alec? The community service? <laughs> a couple more, couple more years. Okay. <laughs> hey if you're bored tomorrow night i'm hosting uh youtube bingo for my rotary club in in my town so, oh my uh, goodness how does that work yeah. uh well you just uh you dive into youtube and you type in <laughs> woodstock rotary club and uh for about an hour and a half tomorrow night we uh we do bingo live it's kind of fun we have listeners from all over canada a few from the u.s that's gonna be um, crazy everybody's calling bingo I- instantly yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's fun. We do Facebook. How do you get paid? How do you get paid, man? Uh, so w- right now we're doing checks. So we're mailing checks, but uh, 
I'm thinking if we get people that are buying cards from away, we're going to have to start doing uh, e-transfers. But uh, for, for right now, we, we were at the radio station and during COVID, they kicked us out. And uh, I was actually president of the club at the time. And I said, there's no way that we can stay locked out of our, out of our bingo. We got to get back. You know, right? But the radio station wouldn't let us in. So I kind of come up with the idea. I said, you know, Facebook Live is not that difficult. Let's do a Facebook Live yeah. and we'll throw up a camera and we'll do the same thing, but we'll just do it behind a camera as well as on the radio. And uh, when the radio station come back, I'm like, oh, crap, you guys can do this on your own. You don't need us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right? Kind of so so tell about. the truth, Ali. You said Tony sets up these live things. I know I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tony can do it. I'm sure I can. <laughs> well, that's great. And uh, the uh, the the TJ, it's still on the road now, right? Even after it was a couple of three years ago or something that you you got it all back together and got it on the road, or is it longer? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. No, I still drive it. Um, it sucks up here, though. I had to drive it last winter um, a little bit more than I normally do. I tried to park it over the winter because we put a fucking ton of salt on the roads up here mm-hmm. uh so it's, it's got some rust i mean it just it's inevitable you can't avoid it if you're going to drive down a road that they salt you're going to have you're going to get rust yeah well keep an eye on that frame i mean uh i know you did but uh that's uh, you don't want to be going in a ditch because the the frame came apart on you although i think you yeah, got no, several years no it's that. um f- f- fenders my front fenders are yeah. starting to show rust already and it just it sucks the rocker um i've got uh rock slide steps that are that are powder coated i fuck, i hate powder coat i mean once that stuff's cracked and it's just i can yep. you can't you can't fix it now i've got to i'm gonna have to have taken off script and just rattle can well my co- uh, co-host josh says that if it's done if it's prepped properly and put on there it's good but i think that's the biggest problem is that it doesn't uh, that doesn't happen uh and i just don't want to deal with uh any uh, powder coating on my vehicle, but sure to use rattle can. You know, you guys have heard me say that uh, many, many times. Now, this actually works in pretty good because uh, Tyler D. I, I don't think we covered this last uh, last uh, episode uh, roundtable episode. Tyler D. asked undercarriage weather protection, pour fifteen Rhino slash bed liner or fluid film. How do you guys protect your uh, you guys that have to worry about salt? How do you guys protect your uh, undercarriage? Lots of undercarriage washes at the drive-through. Wash it a wash. Boxers. Rear main seal leak. The oil gives it a nice uh, yes. coating. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. It, it self-prevents rust. I just recently got sprayed down with uh, coolant, too. <laughs> hey, you well, know, Tony, have- last week you guys talked about those... Uh, uh, inserts you put inside your frame to prevent water stuff from getting in your frame on the jt you got yeah uh, uh blackforktool.com I, I took a an old pickup truck to a uh bed liner that does linex and it had uh several holes in there i think the biggest one was about the size of of a maybe a dog's paw print you know oh, that's good kind of give you a in and uh <laughs> and kind they of just dog. put are we uh, talking Chihuahua or St. Bernard? <laughs> I opened up a can of worms, sorry. Yep. <laughs> I, I would say a Labrador's dog, a full-grown lab. But, but anyway, uh, um, they, they put painter's tape over the top of it and sprayed right over that hole. And, uh, and they said because 
that spray is continuous. It just bridges over that, and you never have to worry about a puncture. Or a, and now you could puncture through it, obviously. But I was thinking so you could do something similar to that on your undercoat, rather than so you could fill in those holes with just a piece of painter's tape over and spray right over the top of it. I, I will say that, like on the XJ, uh, those holes were important for me to be able to get in and put in the adjustable control arms. Uh, so you, if, if you're going to spray over something like that, keep that in mind because you may be poking a hole in it so you can get to the backside of a, uh, a nut. So whatever this, that you, okay, is that it? Is that you guys just wash well, everything down well, and you don't put anything else I, on there? I had used par 15. Um, and I think I just did a bad job with the prep work on it. Um, it's, it's held up fairly well, but lately I've noticed that, um, the UV is getting to it and it's all starting to kind of flake off or not necessarily flake off, but the surface is flaking off. And I think that ties into the conversation that we had actually, or you guys had had for those plugs with being the UV recent of the sunsets and the, the sunrises where that UV still gets to the frame. Right. And I was thinking when I installed it, I'm like, well, I don't have to put the top coat on there because it's underneath. It's not going to get any UV light. <laughs> and nope, it's still does. Yeah, yeah, reflection, all kinds of things can happen there. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would think the prep work would be very important because if you don't do proper prep work, you're basically sealing anything that you want, don't want on the Jeep in between the stuff you're putting on there and the, the metal. <clears throat> yeah. That's what I do is just basically try to clear off all the rust and then put uh rattle can paint over it and then wash that's it. That's what I do. What is I that? I use uh, uh, what's rust that? reformer. Yeah, there we go. I was just going to say, what is that rust uh, converter stuff that you can uh, change the rust into something that isn't rust? Rust reformer, is that the, the only one that uh, they have out there? No, there are several. That, that's the one Rustoli makes is rust reformer. Uh-huh. Uh, when I got it up on the list, if I see anything, I don't do it constantly, but if I see something that along a weld or something, I'll take the wire brush, get it out, hit it with the wire brush till it's clean, and then wipe it off with an alcohol rag and spray it with uh rush performer does and that, that's it does that come in one of those rattle can type things or it's yep. just like the regular paint can yep yep can you get it in red you cannot <laughs> i think black and short-sighted bastards get gray but i know black <laughs> yeah black uh, i black just love a color. wire wheel and a drill All right. Well, I guess uh, I, I guess that was a, a short uh, subject on that one. So a lot of the dealers around me partner with a company called ZBart. They do undercoating. So when you buy a new vehicle, you can pay like twelve hundred dollars to get it ZBarted, <laughs> and then it's uh, ninety five dollars a year to get it renewed. My God. Yeah, it's really cheap. Didn't they talk about over time that actually, if you get gaps in it or any issues, that it actually seals salt in and can cause more rust problems? I back in the that'll happen with bedliner. Zbart was huge back in the eighties, but then everybody's oh, yeah. gotten away from it. Yeah, I thought I remembered that from uh, that was the big thing. I was back even uh, in the the early eighties, even here in uh, Southeast Texas, the uh, Chevys, especially the Chevy trucks, would rust out mm -hmm. really bad. And then they came out with that stuff. I couldn't remember what it was called. There was a Z in it, so it's probably the Z Bart stuff. And I know these they use a, a different process where it's kind of like an oily film. It's really thick, 
that they spray underneath the car and they have to apply that every so many years. What is it? Fluid film. Fluid film. Fluid film? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Andrew said it earlier, uh, a uh, rear main seal issue. <laughs> they, just, they just stole the idea. <laughs> so this comes up a lot on the CJ forums, on the old CJ forums, like twos and threes and fives. Uh, and the general consensus is, and people ignore it all the time, is paint or the factory coating if it's still there. Like I saw some guy scrape or wire wheel off the factory coating off the bottom of his older XJ. Uh, and if that coating's still intact, it actually works pretty good. But the thing is, if you use anything, and nothing is going to be 100% maintenance free. If you put bed liner under there or in the tub, if you get if you don't do it perfectly and a break forms in that, water gets in between it and the tub and it will rot the tub out at lightning speed. Same thing for port for for four fifteen. The main uh you've got to do a perfect job there. Can you cannot screw that up anyway at all? The main thing is get underneath your vehicle, keep it relatively clean, inspect it regularly, and combat rust as it pops up. Knock it out and either recoat it with paint or apply flu uh, apply fluid film on a regular basis. How, Any how, other option is going to fail. How often do you guys uh, check for rust? I mean, how often would you every do that? single time I go underneath the Jeep? Yeah, I guess because you never know when it's going to pop up. The rust could be there. You just didn't uh, see it the last time. And, and and it's not like I'm going under there specifically to look for rust. I'm going under there to work on something or to clean something. And if I see rust, I take a wire brush to it. And I shoot it with a little bit of paint, and we're good. Do you ever hit it with a screwdriver just to see how bad it is? No, I just I just take a wire uh, a wire wheel to it. Uh, if it's real thin, a wire wheel will knock a hole in it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, look, it's uh, it, uh, Thanksgiving is next week, and I think uh, we can uh, forego the non-food talk uh, for a little bit. But maybe this isn't food talk. I was just curious. Uh, for everybody, uh, I'm sure everybody's celebrating Thanksgiving next week. If you're not, I'd like to know uh, why. But uh, how how are you? Are you are you having Thanksgiving? <laughs> I don't like celebrated it last month. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Monday. Canadians. What's up with that? <laughs> one one day on a Monday. I don't know. I don't make this shit up. I just follow it. <laughs> I just eat the turkey when they when they tell me to. So, uh, are, are you guys uh, going someplace for Thanksgiving to a relative's house or something, or maybe uh, out to eat someplace, or are you staying home? Do you do you host, or do you go and uh, uh, like a barnacle go to somebody else's house to eat? I'm going to the Where? keys. Who's going to the keys? I'm out of here, man. I'm going to the keys. I leave on leave, oh, leave this weekend. You Nice. I leave. I leave Saturday to drive all the way to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We did a VRBO with the whole extended family. So one of those huge five bedroom houses, aunts, uncles, grandparents. Uh, everybody's supposed to be there. There's going to be a shooting. See that that's that's the beauty of having an uncle that lives in the Keys on a canal with the boat to go fishing on. There you go. <laughs> is there going to be a lot better than what I'm doing? <laughs> Are you going to be having turkey, Jimmy, or is it going to be seafood that you caught? I have no idea. I assume it's going to be fish from that day. Interesting. Nice. Well, we're going to be feeding my kids, cattle. Since my we're, kids are in, the, in their 20s and 30s, our, we're, we're the house where all the kids come back to. So, 
but that doesn't sound like the the most desirable part of the year if you're hosting all those people all at one time even if they are family it can be a pain oh of course yeah, that's what family them. is <laughs> i know I all the buttons I, I i honestly miss hosting thanksgiving and having all the family come over my wife and i both enjoy cooking so i mean it's a little bit of stress or whatever but they come over they eat they pass out for a couple hours and you kick them out yep <laughs> We host uh, what we call Friendsgiving every year. Uh, since we concentrate more like around the Christmas holiday with family, we do Friendsgiving and we just open the door and say at like three o'clock, turkey stuffing, everything will hit the door, give us a heads count. And that's where what we, we usually again? do. <laughs> he wants to know where you live. We've been looking for an address. <laughs> well, hold on. It gets better because this year, nobody want, nobody's around the, all of the days off. So I said, I, you know what? I'll work Thursday, take Friday off, and we're going to go wheeling in the mountains on Friday. So we're going to have our turkey and stuff on Tuesday and then go wheeling on Friday, uh, do Georgia Pass out here by Breckenridge, Colorado. Nice. And you're going to take turkey sandwiches with you so that you mm. can eat while you're on the trail. Oh, I'm going to eat turkey sandwiches for four days afterwards. But <laughs> turkey, stuffing, potatoes, a little smear gravy, some uh, cranberries, some uh, corn casserole, oh, yes. some green bean casserole. Yep. The sandwich is like eight inches high. <laughs> but, you know. Right. That's where you right, unhinge so your key, jaw. <laughs> the key question on turkey sandwiches, is it mayo? Or Miracle Whip. Mayo. Miracle, Miracle Whip. Whip. <laughs> I used to love Miracle, Miracle Whip, Whip but it's, it's just too sweet uh, now. Mustard. Uh, yeah. What's on no, gravy? No, who said mustard? He's being Never mad. Mustard. He's not going to be on the... He's, he's <laughs> mustard <getting> and mayo. <laughs> we need a band. Yeah, that's why I'd rather steak than turkey any day. That's what my wife is. She likes uh, mayonnaise and mustard on uh, on sandwiches and stuff. And I say, look, honey, if it's ham, it's mustard. If it's beef, you know, like uh, uh, the uh, what am I the, the, what am I thinking? Beef. Uh, what is that? A hamburger. Yeah, well, Barbies. hamburger. Hamburger can do mustard, but if it's uh, if it's like the sliced beef, that's that's gonna have mustard. I mean, uh, mayonnaise. So. Uh, it's it's a roast real beef. simple thing, and I'm, I'm gonna print something out, put it on the wall. So when she's fixing sandwiches, if it's roast beef, it has to be horse roast beef. Tony. Roast That's beef, right. yeah. actually, horseradish is really good. So yep, uh, do we know what the army sauce is? You just have to time your breathing with horseradish. <laughs> well, we, we, yeah. we turn them into tacos, take leftovers, turkey tacos. Yeah, that's good. Oh no, nah. I'm I'm more of a beef taco person. Amen. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, we do a, every year for Thanksgiving. We, I normally do a brisket. This will be the first year I, I want to have my smoker with me, so I can't. But <laughs> normally I do a, a beef brisket and then the dino beef ribs. Uh, kind of run those down to add to the turkey. And those are great. It's kind of always been a tradition the night before Thanksgiving. We kind of stay up all night long, work in the, the smoke box or the firebox and pass out and sleep the morning while the the missus is getting all the sides ready and everything else. I, Wake up in time to deep fry the turkey and then we eat. I think that's what we're going to do this year. We're doing a big cattle roundup on Saturday. And the thanks is going to be on Thanksgiving for all the neighbor cowboys and have their friends and family over here at the ranch. And I think w one of the guys is a big smoker, dude. So we might throw a, a turkey in his smoker and just smoke it and then provide a nice family for everyone that helps us with the cattle. 
I think that'll be real neat this year. I, I would we love to have like a deep fried turkey, a, a very well smoked turkey, and then a, just a traditional turkey, and just kill yeah. myself eating turkey. I'm a ham guy. I don't. I don't particularly care for turkey. We got lots of wild turkey out here, so we'll just we we don't buy we don't do any store bought nothing. But I'm more of a ham guy. I don't know. Oh, ham is uh, really good too. Yeah, but uh, if I'm going to eat turkey, it's going to be deep fried. So, so does it? Yeah. yeah. So does uh, does the 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 wild turkey? Does it, I'm thinking alcohol now. Uh, does the wild yeah, turkey take uh, taste different, or uh, maybe you yeah. don't know how to compare it uh, since you don't normally eat yeah, at so, a store? So, any time that you have store bought anything, it'll taste like chemical, right? You just don't even know that you're tasting chemical. So, like all of our meat here on the ranch, it's it's all it's all not not store bought whether it be pork or beef or chicken or or anything it's all you know they would call it wild game or you know just range cattle or whatever so it does taste a lot different yeah you guys are so used to i mean any any but i'm not not in just you guys but it uh there is a definite chemical taste to your store-bought turkey because it's injected with so much shit mm -hmm. do you notice that whenever yeah, you go when you go out to eat so like what anytime i go out uh, i do not eat beef from any restaurant because i'm a beef producer it's 50 percent of my income so i'm not going to buy anybody else's because the the beef industry is getting screwed a lot right now but that's a whole different story i i like fish and in kansas it's not that there's not that much fish i mean there is but it's not very good right All right so uh when i go to restaurants mostly as i i eat fish you know so but yeah, if, if I was to go and get even just a hamburger, you can definitely tell the difference. You know, steak is not supposed to be this bright pink. That, that's not what it looks like when it comes out of the cow. Oh, interesting. It's, yeah, you know, so your steak is actually has chemical dyes in it to make it look pink. Yeah, it's not supposed to look like that. Uh, those bastards. Yeah, I mean, but it's still. Yeah, you can right? tell. I, we buy a uh, side of beef every year, and yeah. uh, you can definitely tell. The difference from a local farmer than you can from the uh, yeah. grocery store getting your beef absolutely you can. It, and it, and it really depends on what you finish it with so like for a lot of the local cowboys out here i bought six hogs last year maybe six or seven hogs and i'm not a hog farmer i i don't particularly care for the animals but they taste pretty damn good <laughs> and when we i finished them for about three and a half months here at the at the home place and then uh, right before we slaughtered them true story i bought cases and cases of hams and uh fed them in their slop with hams hams beer and we tenderized the meat from the inside out and then when we slaughtered it that's probably the best pork that i've ever eaten in my life because they were all drunk you know when we when we finally <laughs> killed them <laughs> but uh and it had to be hams because it's you know it's ham Pete, right there's pork right right Makes i mean that, that's the, that's the right thing to do so like we we uh we finish out about a half a dozen steers a year my family we keep about a half and then we give away the the rest of it to the cowboys and and all the locals around here that help us on the ranch because you know they're doing it for fun and that's what neighbors are supposed to do you know and uh, we we definitely have our own brand of finish and it tastes uh, our taste is a lot different than a lot of the locals the other locals around here but because we feed them a lot of beer you know but uh Charles, do you have a helicopter like Yellowstone, like Costner does? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that that show is true because uh, <laughs> we tried to do some of that stuff, and uh, the cops were on us pretty quick. So 
uh, no, no helicopter, but we definitely have lots of flat fender Jeeps. Like, uh, I got home from the job site today because of course I'm, I'm a general contractor also. And, uh, looked at the wife and the youngest son and said, well, let's go to town. And while we're sitting there waiting for old Chicago pizza to make our pizza, we, uh, we bought a, a three B high hood flat fender. And my wife's real excited. Cause she's like, well, we don't have to drive the John Deere Gator anymore because the John Deere Gator was hers to go look at cows. And now she's going to have a high hood flat fender to go look at cows. And oh, nice. definitely that, that definitely that's the, the way to go out here in the Flint Hills is, is horses and cattle or horses and Jeeps. Yeah. That's so that's, yeah. we're definitely the Jeep and Jeep and ranch family, you know, Nice. So uh, I don't know if everybody here knows uh, Charles is the gentleman that took uh, three older uh, jeeps on a long flatbed across country to go visit his uh, his ailing dad, and uh, his son was riding along with him in that uh, multi-hour trip, uh, sometimes at fifteen miles an hour, if I remember uh, correctly, because of the weather yeah, conditions. Sucks. And uh, yeah. he's the one that uh, that hates Nikki G from all the the bad jokes <laughs> that. <laughs> he heard yeah. go traveling across the uh, the country. Uh, Charles, go ahead, Tony. I was just going to say, uh, so Charles, uh, if it, I don't, I mean, I don't, you don't have to promote yourself here, but I, it, do you ha- do you have a website or how would somebody go about? Uh, first off, where where are you located? What state state are you located in? And is there a way I, people can reach out I, to I'm you? To, I, I'm in Kansas. I'm in I'm in north northeast Kansas here uh, at. Uh, I don't know what it would be. K State College, Manhattan, Kansas. Okay. And no, I don't. I don't have a website. I don't have anything. Actually, a lot of the homeowners that we build their houses for ask for like a portfolio, and I don't even have that. But, but do you Maybe. sell your your uh, your beef and uh, pork when it's available, or is that something you just keep for yourself and your friends? No, i I don't sell I don't sell anything like that to the market. Oh, okay. I've I've been a- I've been asked uh, by a lot of people to do that, but. Tony, I am not a tech guy. I mean, it's kind of a big deal that I'm on Zoom right now. I'm, I'm literally so. on my cell phone because I don't know how to get my computer to start. I, that's the kind of guy I am. I don't, I don't know anything about it. Beat at stake. It'll uh, work perfectly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I am the the uh, the product of hard work pays off, right? So I don't, I don't have any internet anything. I don't. I'm the guy. I, like I, I wanted to become a, a a paid subscriber, and I don't have the ability to. Pay. Oh, that's right, because you don't know how to do the PayPal thing. That's that's. I not, don't know what a PayPal account is. Yeah, right? yeah, I, not a problem. Uh, that's actually how yeah. Elon Musk got started. By the way, he was uh, he owned uh, a part owner in PayPal, and now look where he he where he's at. I thought yeah. you were going to say Elon Musk was a Jeep talk show subscriber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he could or, be or, under his pseudonym. Or maybe a cattle rancher. I don't Doctor know. Doctor Evil. If then I have hope. <laughs> he did just move to texas but i think he's more uh one in the wide open spaces to fill it with data centers and gigafactories oh, and God. everything else this is just launch pads. well he wanted to get away from california shit because california actually we're talking crap about him so he gave him the big metal finger and he's oh, leaving they're, they're doing yeah. a big time if you if you look at uh i get those google news or there's a few different news aggregators i look at and um there's a lot of stories coming out now out of like the san francisco chronicle and so forth they're all bashing elon like every chance they get they're like attacking tesla attacking him. You know, it's kind of kind of well, funny well joe joe biden just had the the biggest um get together for all the electronic cars over in europe and the only person that was not invited was elon musk 
who actually has the only electric car that is worth a fuck. And Elon Did Joe Musk, know he was doing it? Uh, Joe didn't know that he was there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but good old Uncle Joe. He kept looking for Brandon. Joe. Joe yeah, doesn't. Yeah. Under- Joe knows who Brandon is, but by God, he's a good guy. Joe doesn't. Uh, Joe, Joe doesn't understand why it always smells sh- like shit everywhere he is. He's at. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it either. But uh, I guess I guess Elon Musk's answer to him was, "Go fuck yourself. I don't need you." Right, and then then California came back and and gave him all their shit, and uh, so Elon Musk said, "Fuck you. I don't need you anyway," and he went to the actual state that matters. You know, I and. Mean, uh, isn't California the state saying we don't want any internal combustion engines? Everyone should drive an electric car. Yeah, but we so don't have I, the infrastructure to support charging all of the electric cars. So when I went back to mom and dad's ranch place, and I was sitting there just chatting with mom one afternoon when dad was taking a nap, um, that retard, that the governor over there, which is a whole different story, he actually outlawed small engines. So all of the landscaping companies are now going to be out of business because you can't rebuild an electronic engine, right? I mean, that, that it, if you have an internal combustion engine that goes bad, you just change the carburetor or change whatever, but they, they can't do that. And they, they've completely fucked the trucking industry where the, you can only have so many uh, vehicles that's so, so old, right? Mm-hmm. So California is completely screwed up all of the small engine stuff and all the trucking stuff because of Gavin Newsom. He's an idiot, but whatever. Yeah, but they, they've totally fucked it up. And of course they banned bacon, right? We, we had that whole. Yep. They didn't ban bacon. That, that's a fallacy. What they well, did is raised they, properly. Right. They, well, not properly. They, yeah. what they did is they put <laughs> stipulations on uh how to raise pork and what's funny is hogs are kind of a neat animal where they can't sweat right so they have to um get in the mud to actually cool themselves off that's how hogs cool themselves off and if you have a bunch of hogs together in the same mud pile they will actually cool themselves off faster well california thought that that was just atrocious that animals have to live in mud well, that's how fucking hogs live, right? <laughs> so California, yeah, California and all their grand wisdom actually outlawed that and made it to a free range hog farm. Well, that is called feral feral hogs. Hogs. <laughs> a lady, a lady got eaten. Destroy, and anybody from Texas will let you know <laughs> that those animals will destroy yeah. everything, well, including lady, the kitchen. A lady here in the Houston area was killed. I think it was last year. Or earlier this year by a feral yeah. hogs so a, and a, yeah and a feral oh yeah. and a feral hog oh, is yeah. just a regular hog that's wild i mean there are wild yeah. hogs but i mean if, if, a, if a hog it, gets loose and goes wild it becomes feral uh that in that process. very quickly yes yeah we yeah, yeah we, we actually have that yes that's true. At F, F R farms who's about i don't know they're pretty close maybe 15 16 miles south of here and Fred, which is the F and R that Fred was the, the guy that he passed away back in, I don't know, forever ago. And he left the back gate open up on his hog trailer and was driving north on Humboldt Creek, which is where my ranch is. And he was just kicking freaking hogs out as he was driving down the road. <laughs> they were just all falling out the back. 
and true story now we have feral hogs out here and there is no season for them there's no nothing if you find them in your pasture you just kill them because and they've been here for 20 something years now because some retard just forgot to shut his gate on his big <laughs> semi you know and kicked out i think like 70 or 80 of the little bastards you know <laughs> well, well, Charles, yeah, they'll, they'll they'll make your your horses and your your cattle go lame. So they're they're a serious, oh, yeah. serious issue for yeah. you, Chuck. I mean, that, yeah, that, I hear that absolutely. constantly down here from the ranchers. I mean, that you, yeah, those feral hogs are are a serious issue for their business. Yeah, and I, you know, I've talked to the um, Travis is our game warden here, and he's a super nice guy, and we we chat a lot about coyotes, and and we got mountain lions and stuff like that here. And he said, Chuck, you know, we have enough land, but just well, folks, as you can tell, the Zoom conversation goes on, uh, and it's very interesting. It's a lot of fun listening to these guys. Uh, it's kind of like listening to us, but more of it. <laughs> so we're going to wrap this up for tonight, and we hope you have a very good uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, and i got to play this anytime I say Thanksgiving. Hope you have a really good Thanksgiving, and uh, we'd like to hear from you, especially if you're uh, if you're out going somewhere in uh, Thanksgiving, relatives, friends, whatever, and you go in your Jeep. Uh, let's show us some uh, some some pictures with the, the turkey tied to the hood. You know, you go out hunt the turkey, whether it's at a uh, grocery store or out in the wild. <laughs> so uh, keep in mind, uh, go over to uh, our jeeptalkshow.com slash contacts and uh, just scroll down there. You'll see the invite for the Discord channel, which is kind of like the same conversation we're having in the Zoom meeting, but uh, more of a, a texty, chatty type thing uh, that goes on uh, every day. Uh, we have at least uh, 5 to 15 people in there chatting it up, and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's very interesting seeing what's happening, and, and Jeep talk topics are, are spoken of as well. Also, too, uh, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter so you can get informed when we're having these uh, uh, these Jeep Talk Show roundtables and uh, the, the main show with the Campfire Side Chat, the Zoom uh, link, etc. Just go to the same place, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and uh, scroll down. You'll see newsletters and uh, where you can just put in your email address and uh, uh, get, uh, get subscribed so you'll get that one email uh, a week. So, again, happy Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, th that's right. I was going to mention we are not going to have any episodes Thanksgiving week. So, uh, the, uh, the Friday episode this week will be the last one uh, for this week. And then next week, no episodes. And then no episode on uh, the following week, Monday. So, we, you will not see a, another episode until uh, December 1st. Don't panic. We're just on vacation. Podcasting since 2010. That's fucking lettuce. You're eating lettuce. <laughs> You're eating brown lettuce. They've literally cloned a goat, so, I mean, I have no doubt that they can.